I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Adi. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming. Well, it's nice to be here. I've yeah. just arrived from, from Bergen. Yeah. Uh, we had amazing weather in Bergen. Yeah. You won't believe it, but like the sun was shining. Have you been there before? I was there before and, yeah. the, and the weather was amazing that time as well. Every time I go to Bergen, <laughs> Bergen's got the best weather in the whole of Europe. Yeah, and now coming to Oslo, it's not it's <laughs> No, not it's overcast today, but it's fantastic to be here. It's yeah. really nice to be here. You have, been, you have been to Norway a few times, right? I've been, yeah, a couple of times, probably yeah. I don't know, maybe four or five times. I think I can't remember exactly. It's quite a trip from South Africa, but it's here. easy. Yeah, it's an easy trip. Yeah. I mean, I flew from Cape Town yeah. uh, on that funny Dutch airline called KLM. Yeah, uh, Cape Town, Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Norway. It's very simple, and there's no. The great thing about traveling to Europe from Africa or vice versa is there's no change in time zones. Yeah. So you no climb jet lag. no jet lag yeah. whatsoever. You arrive yeah. and you're fresh and you you hit the ground running. Yeah, and it's a simple flight, you know. Yeah, and we we discussed right before we started uh, shooting here that uh, I, I was I was saying maybe not a lot of Norwegian people have visited your vineyards or visited South African vineyards, but you say that you actually meet we, a few Norwegians. We've had like you know every every time I've come on tour here and, and presented some of the wines uh, through our agents uh, through uh, you know uh, Authentico and. You know, we, we after that, they've always been like Norwegians popping up at the wine. They say, "Oh yeah, we we saw your wine in the Monopoly shop. We were at a tasting that you you presented." Yeah, and they end up coming to South Africa. I think I don't know when 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 South African winemakers arrive here, uh, we talk about South Africa. People really get a feeling and enthusiasm for visiting Africa yeah. and, and Cape Town in particular. Yeah, and when they make that trip. They are very, very seldom disappointed because it's an incredible place to visit, as you know. It is. It's it's very different. Uh, it's it, it's a it's a cool country. It's a cool territory, if yeah. you if you like. And and also the the wine regions are very different from the wine regions of of Europe. Of course, yeah, yeah. Com- no, no, completely different. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, when you when you, when you fly first thing, if you fly and you land in Cape Town, yeah, and and airplane comes into land and you fly over Table Mountain. And you see the setting of this capital city. It's you know I get goose flesh just thinking about it. I yeah. get very emotional every time I fly back yeah. over the mountain and the ocean, and you land in the Cape. And then from Cape Town, that's where the winelands start. Yeah, and it's really accessible. Yeah, they're very close. We where we are in the Swartland, mm-hmm. we're about seventy kilometers sort of northwest of Cape Town. Yeah, so it's only on, a small drive. It's a, it's a quick drive. It's yeah. less than an hour. It depends. Look, you must remember that in South Africa. The speed limits are just general guidelines. Yeah. <laughs> like for real? <laughs> no, not really. But you know, that's how we that's how we handle it. Yeah. But um, you know, so we're an hour's drive from Cape Town, yeah. uh, and then you're in the Swartland, and that's where we are. And um, you know, I, I grew up in Cape Town. Yeah. 
uh, in Constantia, yeah. which is the closest wine region to 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 Cape. That's the original wine region. I grew up there in Constantia. My father farmed there, and my grandfather before him. Um, so you know, when you're in Cape Town, the the wine areas are accessible. Um, the roads are fantastic. Um, just easy to get around and you know the people are generally not assholes you know they're yeah. nice you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. people are nice and yeah. friendly great food um it's very hospitable um, but, but for the people who haven't been there like w- w- the main difference is saying that it's it's so different from the many of the european wine regions that people most people maybe listening to this might have visited Yeah, look, like, if 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 you've been to Burgundy or, or you know, Italy is fantastic. The food is amazing, and yeah. um, the wines are fantastic. Anywhere in Europe have got amazing things, but 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 what uh, what these places lack, and um, I just feel it immediately when I arrive at a place is 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 an energy and a vibrancy, which South Africa has. It's yeah. multicultural. There's energy. There's a vibrancy. Um, in Africa and and in Cape Town in particular, that is very very hard to describe, and that's the beauty of it. Uh, yeah. There's there's this amazing vibe of people, cultures and colors and smells. It's 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 an incredible place to visit. Yeah, I remember um, coming there and um, s- seeing the the wine uh, the vineyards basically, and thinking this doesn't really look like a vineyard because it it felt very wild. Yeah, uh, very kind of when you go to somewhere like yeah, like uh, in Italy, and you see all of the vineyards like beautifully aligned, and yeah. it looks it looks very set up. It's very picturesque in in its own way. Yeah, but all with these bush wines and uh, growing yeah. with all different things, and the and the mountain is kind of rocky and it's bouldery. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's different. Look, look, South Africa. You know the winelands have got like what what you want to say. It's got a, like a dramatic beauty. Yeah. So the the backdrop is incredible. Yeah. I mean, and and where we are, we are up against this mountain called the Paderberg. Mm-hmm. Paderberg is you know it's a Dutch word for for horse mountain. Um, and we are up against this mountain, um, and it's just these big granite rocks, and then you've got vineyards, these bush vines. Yeah. So no wires, no poles, uh, vines that that grow out of the ground. Yeah. And um, they grow up on these terraces and these small vineyards up in the mountains and and lower down. It it is incredible. Yeah. Um. And 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 for me, they they tie in to the mountains and they tie into the the natural vegetation. Yeah. Um. It's not like they're separated. They really tie into the to the natural environment, which makes them sit better as well. Yeah. And that's why we love this area. But was it was it so that the the first vineyard that you that you bought? I mean, you've been working with wine for a long time, but you yeah. was it in two thousand eight or something that yes. you, you bought the vineyard? Yeah, that that's was correct. an abandoned vineyard. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, in, in our area, um, it was the whole region, the very old winemaking region from from the seventeen early seventeen hundreds, the mm-hmm. first time that vineyards then were farming there. Um, the whole region was dominated by one or two big cooperative wineries. Yeah. There were a few small independent wineries. Yeah. Um, so when we bought in 2008, my wife and I and my cousin, um, the vineyards that were on this farm, 
they were not very well looked after because the grapes were delivered to the cooperative and the prices the the, the owner was getting then was quite low. So he didn't have he couldn't really invest in the vineyards. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we bought this farm, um, <laughs> you know these old vineyards, but incredibly, incredibly. Um, just very beautiful fruit yeah. that came. And, and, and we've been working for the last, you know, 12, 13 years on these vineyards. Yeah. And the quality of fruit is just improving. Yeah. And you've got these old vines that produce amazing flavored grapes. And, yeah. that, and that's, the, that's the core of wine. Anything yeah. is just the, the grapes. That well, what, go in the, what do you mean when you, we say you work in these vineyards? Are you taking over something that is, has not been taken yeah, so, too well care of? So, for example, if you, if you take over a vineyard that hasn't been well cared, cared for, mm-hmm. There's generally a lot of weed competition. Um, there's been no compost added back into the soil. Um, there'd be no so the, so the, so the so the vineyards have they've just been taking grapes, taking grapes, and adding nothing back. So mm-hmm. the first thing we did was um, to prune the vineyards correctly. Yeah. To prune them to make sure they didn't crop too much. Yeah. And, and is that something that you learned how to do in that region, or was that that type of No, that's inspired by some other regions. No, so. that's just being sensible. Yeah, you know, okay. having having a vine yeah. and saying, okay, this is an old vine. It's 50 years old. Yeah. Let's not leave uh, 20 buds on this vine. Let's leave 10. Mm-hmm. Because if you leave 20, it's going to be too many grapes and it's not going to be able to ripen it and you're yeah. going to lose it, it. And it puts the vine under stress. When the vine is under stress, it becomes susceptible to disease and all that kind of stuff. The first thing we do is prune properly, yeah. lower the, the the amount of buds, yeah. so the potential grapes, yeah. decrease that. Once you've done that, uh, you make sure that you, you get rid of the weeds and the competition. You bring back compost, um, tilling the soil lightly, planting cover crops yep. that add nitrogen and biomass and carbon back into the soils. And and it's a, it's a long-term process. You know, yeah. it's a, the, these are not carrots uh, or yep. cabbages. You know, it's a, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's a, it's a long-term thing. Yep. And and we've seen just just farming sensibly over the last 10 years what an amazing difference it's made to the to the quality of the grapes yeah look we are not great winemakers we're like dodgy winemakers but we can farm quite well what do you mean by dodgy <laughs> no i mean we we are farmers you know we yeah. have just good good grapes we press them the juice goes into barrels or tanks and it ferments by itself um at the end of the day that's enough for us we don't do any like fancy stuff in the winery yeah Uh, we don't do any juice manipulation. Uh, adding this, this we just farm really well as best we can. Yeah. Um, and of course, the the vineyards are um, uh, the rainfall in our area. We get about 500 millimeters of rain a year on average. Yeah. Most of that falls in the winter, which is from you know July, June, July, August. That's our coldest, and that most of the rain falls then. Yeah. Um, so we don't get a lot of rain. Um, So in other places of the world, they call these vineyards dry land farmed or, or unirrigated. Mm-hmm. But I don't like that word because if you say they're unirrigated or dry land, it seems like you don't care about them. Yeah. We like to use the word a rain fed. Yeah. <laughs> they're fed by rain. It's almost like if you say that, people think maybe God is involved. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, so they, they, they're all rain fed vineyards. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, some years are drier than others. 
I mean, it's got a huge effect on the on on the on on the grapes. And you don't, you don't wish day. that you could there or should irrigate. No, we we have we haven't got much water on the farm. To yeah. be honest, we've got a few dams that we can collect some runoff. Yeah. Um, if we plant young vines, we normally give them a little bit of water by hand or drip lines for the first two or three years yeah. until the roots have established, and then we take the water away. Then they must uh, grow on their own. You know. Yeah. But, but is is this type of uh, considering for the the vines and the region is that something that you share with a lot of the other winemakers in the area yeah look the the swartland is um it's a very special area um not only in terms of its geography um and 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 its size yeah. and and um the various soil types that are on the swartland um but it's very unique in the way that um the winemakers they work together yeah uh it's 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 i think it's unrivaled anywhere in the world there's yeah. a we've got an organization called the swartland independent producers association yeah so this is guys that are producing wine from we do 400 tons of grapes mm-hmm. uh 400 tons of grapes and some guys do 20 tons mm-hmm. um and um it's a it's an organization that we established uh in 2000 and Shit, 2013 or four, I, I can't actually remember. Yeah. But it was just to to get like-minded producers together. Yeah. And to say, guys, listen, man, um, these are the grape types that are suited to this area. Everywhere else in the world, yeah. you know, there are grapes that are suited to certain areas. Yeah. So we said, okay, this is the Swatland. These are the grape types suited here. This is a, a brief guideline on on how we think you should farm. Here's a brief guideline on terms of winemaking like who's telling who now like are, is this to inspire other winemakers or no, are you this, setting like common yeah ground we rules? you know basically we we started this organization it, it it flowed out of the swatland revolution and you know when you when you when you sit around the barbecue and you're drinking wine um it's amazing to have these philosophies and think oh we mustn't do this we mustn't do that yeah it's great to talk about it but what we did was we we put it in writing and said, listen, guys, this is like a manifesto. Mm-hmm. This is not curbing your creativity. It's not, but this is like, these are sensible principles. Yeah. And the principles being these well, grapes are yeah, suitable. These grapes. So, so, so grapes that are suitable for the more suitable, the Swatland are, are stuff like the, the big berry grapes, Grenache, Carignan, Sinso, yeah. Shiraz to an extent, you know, more of the Rhone kind of stuff. And the same with the whites, Shannon Blanc, of course. But, you know, it, 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 we don't want to curb it, but we're going to say, let these, these, if you're going to plant Pinot Noir in the Swatland, it's not a great idea. Yeah. On that piece of land, you're going to get far better expression, yeah. far better quality of wine from planting Grenache, for example, than Pinot Noir. Yeah. Um, Pinot Noir can be planted in another area. Yeah. And then winemaking-wise, so listen, guys, um, let's not inoculate with uh, modified yeasts. So all natural, all natural fermentations. Yeah. Let's not put all the wine into new barrels. Yeah. You can have new casts because you need new casts to 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 renew. So you know, let's limit it to twenty five percent new oak. Yeah. Um. So little guidelines like that, um, and different wine styles that have come out of the Swatland. So, uh, that we've had uh, gazetted, if, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. So. And and you know so we meet regularly, yeah. uh, regular tastings together, yeah. 
and it's an incredible thing. Huh? Um, there, there's so much mutual respect yeah. uh, for each other because we're all in different pieces of land. We've all got different winemaking approaches. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we're trying to to um, really explain this area, the Swartland. Yeah. yeah. Because when you taste the wine, you're tasting tasting a piece of land, you know, yeah. if if it's well made on an area, um, as well as the grape. I don't yeah. know. So we're trying to sort of trying to communicate that in some level, and it's difficult because you've got twenty three individuals. Um, but the way they come together and uh, talk about wines and and the way they farm, it's amazing. You can just see the the increase in quality over the last uh, ten years has been phenomenal. Yeah, and it's drawn a lot of new people into the Swatland as well. Yeah, We're talking about grapes, then, right? So, so there are certain grape types that that you agree and 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 choose to to farm. But you have a quite an, a, a broad line of uh, of uh, wines and grapes, right? That you farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is also fairly unique for the area, right? That it's not like Burgundy where you have two grapes. You yeah, have so, you have a long range. No, we do. So so on the on the whites, the the principal grape in the Swartland is Chenin Blanc. Yeah, it's an amazing grape. I think that's what most Norwegians yeah, think of. Yeah, it's an incredible grape. Yeah. Apparently, they've even got some in France in a in an area called the Loire. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, they've got a bit of Chenin there. Yeah. Um, but South, but in South Africa, Chenin and, and the Swartland very important grape. Yeah. Then, what's also quite important in the Swartland uh, and and what does well here are the are, are the are the Rhone, wine, you know, stuff like Grenache Blanc, yeah. uh, Roussin to an extent. Yeah. Um, Vidello is, is 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 also an amazing grape. Yeah. Uh, Semillon has been an important grape in South Africa since the beginning, since vines were first planted in the 1650s. Um, and we, we've, we're planting a few different uh, white varietals yeah. as well. And on the red side, you know, uh, the most important grapes for us are Sinso, yeah. Grenache, Shiraz, and Tinta Barocca, Carignan. Those sort of five Oh, for us important, and we're obviously planting more. More, I've, I've got Cabernet, I've got some Merlot, yeah. Pinotage. Um, Is it difficult to to create uh, a, a own style or your own type of production or choices for each one? Or no, for for us it wasn't difficult at all. When yeah. when when we bought this property, we wanted to make two wines, yeah. a white and a red. Yeah, and the white and the red were all the white varieties. In the Swatland, yeah. and the red, all the reds yeah. in the Swatland. So that's yeah. how we started out. So our white blend, called the Kul Moosfontein white blend, is a blend of 12 different grapes. Yeah. 17 vineyards, 12 different grapes. And we, everything is picked together on the same day. Yeah. Our red is a blend of five or six varietals sometimes, and and that's also picked together on the same day yeah. and blended together. So, so it's maybe hard to even know exactly how much is of each. No, look, in, it's in it's, it's all on our back labels, very accurately in percentages, yeah. <laughs> but you can't believe that. <laughs> We've got, we do have an idea, of course, you yeah. know, but we don't. Uh, it's one of I the don't best know. guests. It's we 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 make a, a wine from a place, yeah. You know, so if we pick um, if we pick the red and we're picking a Grenache, and there's a little bit less Grenache one year and than the previous year, that's how it is. We just work on that vineyard, yeah, um, and make the blends as they come into the cellar, yeah. To eliminate human error, huh? Yeah. Human error comes in a lot with winemaking. If you pick Shiraz separately from Grenache and from Carignan and from, and you keep them all separate and you 
pick them all at a so-called ideal ripeness. Yeah. Um, and then a year later, you come and make up the blend. And then when you're tasting, oh, I don't know, the Carignan's not tasting great, and you leave it out of the blend. Yeah. But, you know, you come back to that barrel in six months' time, and that shit is, like, amazing. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, man, I've left that out of the blend. So to avoid that, we pick everything together from the beginning. Yeah. And it's slightly different ripenesses, of course, because grapes ripen differently. Sure. But you aim for alcohols around about 13 to 14, and that's like, for us, the the beautiful point. Yeah. So we make one decision when to pick, yeah. and the next decision is when to bottle. Yeah. So it eliminates all that like human emotion and, I don't know, potential mistakes. So how has the, how's the last uh, couple of years been? Because we, we, you said it was, it's been amazing, yeah. and, it's, and it's been terrible. Look, I mean, it was, uh, I don't know, it was more amazing than terrible. Yeah. With lockdown, you yeah. know. So March 20, we, we just have just finished harvest, you know. Yeah. We had a few, one or two vineyards to pick. Um, and then uh, then lockdown came and the everything just shut down. It was in a crazy time. Yeah. Um, luckily, uh, we've got a lot of guest houses on the farm. We don't have any staff living on the farm. Yeah. So our guys drive in from from various places, but so we locked down the farm and we moved all our essential staff into these fancy guest houses and we all lived on the farm for those couple of months. Nobody yeah. went in and out of the farm. We had one guy going once a week into town to do supplies. Yeah, uh, my children were on the farm, yeah. and uh, my son is a teenager. Yeah, so he had a hold of his friends out. Eleven teenage boys living on the farm, trying to make them work. <laughs> yeah. in the morning but you know they eat more than they work you know they just <laughs> ate the whole time um we went through 20 liters of milk a day yeah 20 it's it's a lot of milk so you created actually a, it a, was like, like old school community yeah it was this old school community yeah. commune and 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 where we where we lived and worked and we got a lot done on the farm like yeah. the finer details you know that was special but the but the but the stressful part was obviously not being able to sell wine Yeah, because there were some spe- special. I, well, listen, I didn't man, hear about this anywhere look, else. In, look, in South Africa, everything locked down. You couldn't buy cigarettes, uh, no alcohol. It was just locked. Like you. Could, Why? Well, what was the reasoning for not? You no. could buy milk, but you couldn't buy alcohol. No, of course you can't buy alcohol. Because if you buy alcohol, I don't know, you get silly, and then you, I don't know, then you crash your car, and then you go to hospital, and that bed should be for somebody with COVID. Uh, you know that. Yeah. Um, that kind of. Um, I don't know what the English word is. That kind of uh, explanation. I don't know. I've I've got the right really, English like, word. I can't yeah. reason. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we couldn't sell wine, you know, and that that was frustrating. And restaurants closed. You know, that was the. It must have been horrible for a lot of businesses. Listen, it was terrible. I mean, if you're a restaurant owner in Cape Town, you, you know, you could open the restaurant, but we also had curfew. Huh? So yeah. so certain like eight o'clock, you had to be off the streets, or nine o'clock, or various times so the restaurants would open a bit but yeah. it's very difficult going to like a really nice restaurant and sitting there and drinking tea yeah and not being able to order wine yeah so you know and and that's got an effect on everybody i mean the guy there was no sommelier to open the bottles nobody could clean the glass there was none of that and the even the the, the somalian guys with the shops down the roads that supplied cigarettes for waiter staff like everything just it was a the terrible effect on the on 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 the whole society you know yeah. how are things going now then is, is it look now now it's now it's, now it's amazing and i yeah. think a lot of new restaurants have opened up yeah. um, a lot of people have 
rethought their businesses. Yeah. And yeah, we just hope for the best. Huh? Uh, and the tourists are coming back to Cape Town. A lot of the a lot of the restaurants were based on on tourism. They suffered particularly. Um, but now the tourists on the way back to Cape Town, um, and it's all looking up. Yeah. And we're able to export, of course. Uh, only problem now is we're struggling to get containers. You know, that's one of the yeah. one of the issues at the moment. But that's how it is. You know. Yeah. But have you been able to? You've been able to ship wine to Norway in this period, or is it has all been? No, 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 no. We 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 have been able to. Yeah. But at the moment, generally, there's a lack of containers. Yeah. To ship, and and as you know, or I don't know if you know, but but South Africa is a very large exporter of of fruit. I did uh, not know. Table grapes yeah. and citrus, yeah. massive exporters. So. Yeah. So, so you're competing with them. Yeah. So of yeah. course, you know, citrus and, 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 and the fresh produce get um precedence on, 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 on the on the containers, you yeah. know. Um so we you know, so so we've had some delays in shipping. And yeah. and that makes it quite difficult, especially if you're working with um say for example like a monopoly, there's a certain launch time. Mm-hmm. And you say to the guys, we can't get content. Okay, yeah. you just miss that, you know. Yeah. So it's got huge ramifications for not only ourselves, yeah. uh, but for our agents here, and 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 obviously for for the finally the customers. Sure, because you export quite a bit to Norway, right? Yes, yeah, Norway. Yeah. We export quite a bit to Norway, um, quite a bit to North America, yeah, um, and to England, I think. Yeah, like a f- like a few countries, but but Norway is like a really important market for us. That's interesting, right? Like, how did how did that happen? I don't know that how that happened. I mean, I met Gaer, met him at at like a, a wine show in London. Yeah, we were standing there pouring our wines. He came up, and I think Over was with him, and they tasted the wines that we had. They said, "Oh, these wines are quite nice," you know. So, um, have you got an agent in Norway? No, we haven't. This, so that's how we started that relationship. So, yeah. so the wines that Authentico bring in, yeah. I mean the the selection is next level in terms of South African stuff. It's yeah. you know in, in in the shops here in in Norway we've got a the most amazing selection of South African wines. You won't yeah. find that in most wine shops in South Africa or yeah. certainly nowhere else in the world. Yeah, I, I, just I think the wines it's of, the, yeah, the wines of quality and the wines of 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 interest and the wines of purity um the wines that are left field you'll you'll find them here which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. I also always think it's interesting when I talk to people, especially those who are starting to get into wine, right? So they they they're starting to buy more stuff. They're trying to experiment. Yes. And and it it's strange to me when when I hear like yeah they bought some uh, some French wine, some Italian wine, and and now they bought some South African wine. Yeah. It's like you skipped a couple of countries, like you, yes. that the rest of the world seem to have, like in their top five or six. Yes, but it's really popular, and and in the restaurants and wine bars too. Yeah, it, like it's now almost like expected. Yeah, yeah no, no, in Bergen, you walk in, then you open. Oh, geez, oh no, this you just recognize all the wines on the list. You know, it's it, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. But I think it's also, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you you as a nation do love wine. You know, you love wine and you love uh, food. Yeah. Um, and. And I think you're keen to try different wines, and and I think that that's why it's done so well. Yeah, there's also some part of South African wine that I, if he like hits a lot of Norwegian, and it's because in Norway, like many other places, people are into like natural wine. Yeah, and I don't, I don't feel like all of the South African wines are very much branded like natural wines, like they do in some places. Yeah, like they're not too hazy, too foggy, too yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it is. Like we're talking, we're le- learning how you are making wines. 
it is kind of in a natural way. So it's kind of hitting some of that. Yeah, look, look, the whole definition is 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 quite um, the definition of natural wine. One one needs to to go to that. You know, yeah. what what well, what's the definition of natural wine? Um, is it organic farming? Is yeah. it biodynamic farming? Yeah. If it if it's that, then then there are a few wines, you know, to yeah. to to farm completely from the beginning. But but there are a lot of producers all over the world that are that are buying grapes and making natural wine, you know, yeah. not adding anything to the wine. Yeah. But they're not involved in the complete process, you mm-hmm. know. So the wines we make, I mean, we we farm, um, uh, pick the grapes and make the wines. Yeah. Um, it sounds very straightforward, right? Yeah, that, it, it yeah. is straightforward, you yeah. know. Um, but it's a, it's a definition of natural. I mean, I think uh, I'm I'm not mad about the the definition. I think there should be a I don't know maybe another word for it. Yeah, I mean, and because, there are different definitions, right? So people yeah, will not always agree. Because it's like other wines are unnatural. No, they're not unnatural. Yeah, I don't know. I don't okay. think too much about it, to be honest. Selvfølgelig, men bare takk Temtek igjen. Takk for at dere gjør denne um, podcasten her mulig. Vi står på jakt etter et uh, vinskap, og det burde man nesten alltid være. Uh, så sjekk ut Temtek sin prestige-serie, en av toppserierne til uh, Temtek. Bygg de inn, la de, bygg de inn i kjøkkenet, la de stå fritt for sig selv. Store, små, forskjellige zoner, treøyler, ledbelysning, juster temperatur, lys på egne paneler, um, luftfuktighet, Label view, hvis du har lyst til å se flaskene før du åpner kjøleskapet. Sjekk ut uh, prestigeserien til Temptech, og tusen takk igjen. Ja, hos Power, selv hos Kunders Power. Uh, og takk igjen Temptech for at dere gjør podcasten her uh, mulig. Now we, we have uh, two wines uh, with you today, though. Yeah, we've we got we two taste. wines, um, and it's it's so nice to, to actually talk about these two wines, yeah. because uh, the one is a single vineyard, yeah. a very special vineyard, a vineyard I've, I really love. And the other one is a, is a blend of many vineyards. Okay, so two um, very different wines then. They're completely yeah. different. Yeah, cool. Okay, so the 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 one that is the single vineyard that we yes. have here today is the the Cinso, and I have to read Ramnasgras. <laughs> that's that's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> if, <laughs> if if you were speaking to me in the dark, I would have thought you were Afrikaans. Perfect. Because <laughs> Cinso, you said this is your most important red grape. Yeah, it's an amazing grape. I mean, yeah. it's been the workhorse grape of the Cape. Uh, for many many years, yeah. um, and this vineyard is called Ram Nas Gras, R A M N A S, and then Gras, which is grass. Mm-hmm. So it's but Ram Nas is a, like a rye grass that grows in the vineyards, and that was the main uh, grass growing there. So this is a single vineyard. It's registered as a single vineyard. So on the back label, um, it'll say single vineyard, and this was planted in the in the late 1960s, mm-hmm. um, and it's. Moderate alcohol of about twelve percent. Yeah. Um, but we know when you walk into this vineyard, and we were pruning this vineyard last week just before I arrived here. Yeah, they're doing the pruning. It's amazing. I mean, the these the these bush vines, these arms, these knotted, gnarled arms coming out of this earth. Yeah. And producing a few bunches. And uh, what makes Sinsa really amazing is that in its youth. Mm-hmm. It likes to produce a lot of grapes. Yep. It likes to, and it's tutti, fruity, that kind of thing. It's like that irritating child in class. You know, we all had those children that sit in the front of the class and they bring the teacher chocolate to school and they answer all the questions. You know, they just want to over-deliver. But when they get get older, the vines go into this amazing balance, lower yields, 
but the fruit you get has just got an incredible, um, still a beautiful fruit and like a nice perfume on it. And these uh, the tannins we describe as like transparent tannins. Yeah, uh, they firm, but they're there in the mouth. I mean, it's got an amazing color. But you said when it gets older, how old are we talking? Like, what's the youth? How also depends where where it's planted, but 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 vineyards generally sort of come into a very good balance. I find. I mean, I've I haven't been making wine for that long, but I find like vineyards that come into a really nice balance of you know when they're sort of sixteen years old, sixteen years and up, yep. they get into a nice balance. And in the, in the beginning, they're still growing and they they're finding their feet and their roots and. Um, but so these these vineyards are old. I mean, these are these are more than fifty years old. How old can they become? Ah, very old. I Is mean, it be, will now the now it's sixty years old, fifty years old? Will the will the yield go down and down even more? Or no, I think I think the yield now will stay constant because yep. because it's in a really good balance. Maybe if it's very old, one hundred and fifty years old, you know, yeah. it might go. <laughs> but um, you know, hopefully, my my children can still keep these vineyards and give them to their children yep. you know hopefully that would be amazing you know um, you can't buy time uh, that kind of thing but no if they if they're well looked after um, well farmed um, s- vines can live for a very long time uh, yeah I feel um, like th- this, this uh, wine it has a great perfume I think it also has it's quite dark but it's somewhat light mm. in in the in the mouthfeel in the body It's it's uh, like having some some intensity mm, without it, it being yeah it's got that mid palate that that's why I say that yeah. the tannins are transparent they're not these concentrated extracted yeah tannins there's a nice a length of tannin and yeah. it's a fine tannin yeah um, but what what is most surprising about this grape um, and that what I've learned now over the last couple of years is the way it ages. It ages phenomenally. How, how, like in the bottle, right? In the bottle. Yeah. So how, no, how long are you keeping keeping them? Listen, man. So 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 what we're doing at the moment is so so this is the twenty one vintage. So this is just release. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of wine you buy and you keep it for your children's like twenty firsts. You can drink it now, of course. Yeah. And ninety percent of people will. Yeah. Uh, but what we've done is. Because this wine is so amazing, when it so we we keep back about two hundred and forty bottles of each vintage. Mm-hmm. So we are now releasing the twenty seventeen. Just this. Are you doing that in Norway too? Um, we've just released it now. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe the guys would have got the email. But so we're <laughs> releasing. Um, we do this in a five year release. We keep it for five years and then we release it because then the wine is drinking at its best. It's amazing. Okay. Um, so, so, so if 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 a guy doesn't uh, <laughs> have any in stock, yeah, then then, then we could buy this now. You can buy you say, this. Save it for five years or now four years then. Yeah, but people won't because it's drinking really nicely. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> but but what I'm saying is yeah. just that this grape can age, yeah. um, and it can, and it's just so rewarding. You know, when I first moved to the Swartland, first bought the farm, and we tasted there with some. We had like some fancy journalists there. We had a lunch and. With myself and a couple of winemakers, and a couple of the farmers came along because they wanted to meet like who are these new winemakers that have moved in here, and yeah. and they bought some wines of them out of their cellars. And um, the one guy opened a bottle and poured for us, and he kept the bottle wrapped in a like a, a newspaper. 
And we tasted and I said, geez, this is amazing. It's, I don't know, it must be like a Grenache kind of thing. You know, maybe seven, eight years old. And then some of the journalists say, oh, yeah, no, it's definitely a little bit younger than that. And it was a 1972 Sinsa from Swartland Co-op. The wine was amazing, Hmm. amazing. Just color, fruit, the wine hadn't moved. Yeah. You know, and that's why Sinsa was a very important component in a lot of the old famous South African red wines where it says Cabernet. It's probably 40% Sinso. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like the old... Was it because they were trying to hide it or because... No, it was because it was an amazing blending component. It softened the wine. um, And it obviously stretched the blend a bit. But but by default, it just ended up being a wine that could age. Yeah. And now this other wine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're laughing like it's... it's That's a new one, you said. This isn't... Well... The the name is called Papachai, mm-hmm. which is parrot. Huh? Yeah, I breed parrots. I've got like you breed parrots. Oh, a lot of parrots. <laughs> if if you can count them, oh, there's too few. No, what got, do you mean you breed parrots? Do you do what do you mean just to sell them or just... yeah to sell them? And I, I love parrots. I've yeah. always had parrots since I was about five years old. <laughs> I've always had parrots. So we breed parrots, and, yeah. and, 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 and the proceeds of this wine actually go to a thing called the Cape Parrot Trust and yeah. Cape Parrot Working Group. There's an endemic parrot in South Africa that's really endangered. So anyway, this was the name of the wine. But, but this wine, yeah. just getting back to the wine, is more important. But um, the parrots are important as well. But yeah. So we, we, we've planted various vineyards now the last couple of years. Um, and... Uh, we were just sitting around and, and, and chatting and just wondered what, what, it, what it would be like if we, if we took the farm as a whole mm-hmm. and picked a little bit out of every single vineyard. Which white, part then? White and red. Yeah. We just decided. We arrived at the vineyard, just pick this row, let's pick that row, pick that row. And so we decided to do that. We, we picked every single vineyard on the farm. So this is a blend of more than 20 different grape varieties. Yep. Okay. Um, it's, I reckon it's about 60% red, 40% white, hmm. all fermented together, whole bunches, some was pressed. I mean, it was just all over the place, um, just to see, um, what it would look like. Yeah. And so you've ended up with a wine like this. That's, that's sort of, I don't know, it's almost pansexual. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to give this wine a title. I don't want to call it red. I don't want to call it rosé. I don't want to be, I want to be quite woke, <laughs> woke about this wine. Well, I think it, it, it's, it looks and it tastes more red than rosé. Yeah. But, it, S- but, but it's so much white still. Yes, but it's not quite red. No. It's not orange. No, I thought when I, before you <laughs> told me now. Yeah, I thought this must have been made in some very like super light pressed red no, wine or something. It's just red and white together. So, huh. so the amazing thing, I mean, to me, it's just so juicy. There's so much fruit here. Um, I don't know. I just, I just love the fact, and we drink a lot of this wine. We, we chill it. Yep. Um, and. Uh, Drink it by the bucket load. I mean, it's just about having some like something juicy to drink, and yeah, you know, look, it's unfiltered and it and it's bottled early. Okay, so yep. so we bottle it five or six months after harvest. So yep. we bottle it really early, so the wine hasn't had time to really clarify. 
Um, all the other wines that we bottle, like the the Cinsa, we wait until the wines are clear. So we bottle something that's clean. We don't filter. We bottle clean wine. Yeah. This we bottle a little bit earlier, so the wine hadn't naturally clarified yet. That's why there's a slight haze in it, mm-hmm. um, and it's got very, very low sulfur levels, very, yeah. very low. So this would be in that, I don't know, so-called natural wine style, sure. but yeah. I don't like to use that term. But the wine in itself is uh, it's just absolutely delicious. It it, uh, it strikes me as a very, uh, what do you say, like wine bar-ish wine, where you just you know, buy, buy the glass and maybe and outside you, on the bench. And Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I also, you know, to be honest, I yeah. wouldn't mind if people take this wine and it's like a I'm in a hot day outside. Yeah. It's not today, but, you know, chill it. I don't know, put ice in it, put soda in it, put a fucking slice of orange in it. I don't care. Yeah. It's just it's just to have fun with this wine. Yeah. Um and just to drink it because um it is just so quaffable. Yeah. And um, it's pretty I say it's two hundred kroner. Yeah. So it's it's a pretty it's a, yeah. accessible wine. Yeah, too. and it's and it's affordable. That's the that's the thing. Yeah. Um and this wine is done particularly well in um Uh, in the country, you're in, uh, it's uh, Canada, <laughs> Canada. <laughs> We always like to say Canada to irritate the Canadians, um, but in Canada, in Quebec, why? In Montreal, it's yeah. just it's a similar scene to here. A lot of lot a lot of wine bars, a lot yeah. of wines by the glass, and it's done so well there. It's like it's it's taken off there. So and now it's now it's in Norway too. Now it's in Norway too. Yeah. So now, well, so summer is is over here, but but it's cold like Canada, so yeah. we're used to it. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. no, this thing is uh, no. It's just look. I mean, the thing at the end of the day is we want to have fun uh, yeah. making wine. We want to give people uh, a variety of wines yeah. um, to drink, and because we've got obviously such different vineyards. But I was I was, I was chatting to a few people this week, and uh, I would love. To make one wine, like uh, this friend of mine, very good friend of mine that's touring with us. His name is Kali Low, yeah, from Porcelainberg. Uh-huh. Probably makes the finest uh, Shiraz wine in the world. It's really extraordinary yeah. wine, yeah. and he makes one wine. Makes one wine. It's amazing. So, come to a tasting. He'll just he's got two hands. He'll just pour one wine. Whereas if I'm standing behind a table, there's eight wines or ten wines, you yeah. know, and I've got to tell different stories. Yeah. So my dream one day is also just to make one wine. Yeah. Um, and do away. Is, is with that is that really the goal, or is that is that uh, something you are are going to do at some point? Uh yeah, I, I talk about it, but it's probably quite difficult, you know, because yeah. um, if you hand over, like say, like the business we're doing, and obviously you 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 planting grapes and you're making wine, and uh, you hope that your children will take over one day. My yeah. children have got an interest. I've got a boy of 16 and a girl of 13, and they have, they're both interested in in farming and wine and that kind of thing. And when you when you hand over the when you pass the ball, it's very difficult to catch 12 balls. Yeah. <laughs> but but you could do one thing. You could just make the papray. <laughs> well, because that's the one with everyone yeah, in it. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, that, so that would so, be the yeah, one. Just to make one wine, you yeah. pass one ball yeah. to catch that. You yeah. know, because we do a lot of projects. Eh? Yeah. We do a lot of. You know, we've just bought this amazing building on the west coast in a harbor. Okay. Uh, we're gonna we you know we we bought a lot of sherry vats. We want to okay. start a proper sherry bodega in the in 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 this harbor town. Well, Nobody great sherry style wine. Yeah, yeah, of course. South Africa used to make millions of liters of sherry. Oh. 
You see, a big, yeah, a big supply of sherry, South Africa, like KWV and Moni's, yeah. were the big suppliers of sherry. There was a huge market of fortified wines in South Africa. That is a lot of the South African wine tradition is fortified wines. You're taking the, the Palomino then? Or? Taking Palomino and we're using Chenin Blanc as well. Huh. It makes a really, really good uh, sherry, sherry base. So Have you tried it yet? Hey? Have you have you have you done it yet? Have you made the yeah, batch? No, no, we're busy with it. Yeah. We're busy with it. So we we we've got some floor from some dodgy Spanish uh, producers down there <laughs> in San Lucar that have sent us some stuff. Yeah. Um. So we're starting that. So we've got a lot of different projects going. Um. You know, like the fortified, the sherry kind of thing. Um. And we make a bit of spirits every year, a little bit of brandy, but that's just for own personal consumption. About eight hundred liters a year. Um. So there's various things happening, yeah. um, and it and it'd be nice for me one day just to maybe uh, tidy it up a bit. Huh? <laughs> once you've once you've tried it all, you can come you can back, narrow it down, yeah. come back, yeah. come come back to the center, you know. Yeah. But, but now know. it's it's in the experimental phase and yeah. trying different stuff. Yeah, out. because you can do yeah. it, you know. We can do it, and we've and 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 we're young enough. We've got the energy, and you know, it'd be nice to to do a few things, but. Uh, it's frustrating for the people that I think like work with me or work, you know, around me. Yeah. They, they don't know what's next. Oh, they do. But I'm also very unorganized to be honest, yeah. you know, like I, I don't, um, I don't like micromanage stuff, you know, I'm not yeah. very good with like micromanaging. We just like something and we do it and we go with it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, you. I know you're on a, a busy schedule. Uh, you're going today to uh, to the. Um, it's Saturday today. This episode will be released next week. But today you're going to the big often Posten. That's it. Place. Yes, and um, then meeting a lot of people. Yes, I think 700 people today. It's, yeah. This is um, this tour that we're doing with with all these different producers and. Uh, you know, one should try and seek out their wines, but it's uh, we're gonna probably. See a uh, fifteen hundred people over the, last, the next couple of days, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah, it's gonna. I think it's gonna make a, hopefully make a big imprint um, on the on the on the public and and on the trade. Yeah, yeah, in in Norway because it's. Uh, it's not only you. There's a, a whole group of people coming from South Africa now. Listen, the the South African winemakers are. are they are flowing in the streets of Oslo yeah. as we speak. They're lying thick. You, you know, you have to step over a South African winemaker to, <laughs> to get a coffee or a beer somewhere at the moment. <laughs> so if you see guys with like uh, silly caps like I've got and and beards and and thick accents, it's definitely yeah. a South African. If you're listening to this and you were wondering what was going on, Pat, the last week, yeah, the, you'll, you'll you'll know it was the South African. Yeah. So. Yeah, so we're looking forward to it because it's, you know, it's always great to visit here. I mean, you the the Norwegians are amazing people. They're always hospitable to us. Um, you've got amazing food. Um, are you going you, any places to eat? I, yeah, Is we are. Taking you we somewhere? are, but I've, I, there's a list. I yeah. don't know. We're, yeah. I just like I'm like a sheep here. You know, I just yeah. follow the crowd sure. um, and see where I, where I, where I end up. Well, Ali, I, I appreciate you a lot for taking the time. Uh, right. You're meeting 1,500 people. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, um, we in Norway, we, we think it's fun to to see the experiments. So so keep them coming. Yeah, well, and, and, and also, you know, please come and visit us huh? yeah. in, in South Africa. It's a simple flight to get to South Africa. Yeah. The country is amazing. Um, As you said, it's, it's only a small drive. 
Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, but visit, an, visit the parrots. No, uh, yeah, you can come visit the parrots. <laughs> yeah. on but but you know, just to just as a tourist in 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 the Cape, it, it's yeah. an incredible place, and you'll yeah. see. You know, if you if you're traveling the world and you're looking for like a really cool place, a lot of people end up coming to Cape Town and they they never leave and they never they always come back. Yeah, because that is like the place. Yeah. After traveling for 20 years, going to these fancy cities all over the world, when you come to Cape Town, you say, "Oh shit, this is what it this is what it should be." Yeah. And that's uh, and and that's the amazing thing about our country. Yeah. Well, Adi, thanks a lot, and for everyone listening. Um, as you know, we will be back uh, next week, uh, not with Adi, but we have a, another uh, cool couple of guests that uh, Swam will be talking to uh, in the in the coming days. So uh, looking forward to it. And uh, Adi, have fun on uh, on the rest of your trip to to Norway. Thanks. Well, we'll try and behave um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Cheers, guys. Cheers. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Ukens vindtips med Svein är er en finansavisen podcast. Programleder är er Svein Lindin, producent är er Lars Brenden Skram och podcast och videoansvarig är er Marius Mörk Larsen. Ansvarig redaktör är er Trygve Hegnar.